with that in mind, let's turn in our Bibles to um, John chapter 7. To the Lord. Uh, wait. And by the way, I would say, do pray for Israel. <laughs> I mean, do pray for, I mean, that's a, a horrific thing that happened. And crazy enough, we today are looking at some verses that are slightly connected to this. And you will see what, what I mean by that. So Revelation chapter, uh, sorry, Revelation, John chapter 7, verse 1. It says, after these things, Jesus walked in Galilee, for he did not want to walk in Judea because the Jews sought to kill him. Now the Jews' feast of tabernacles was at hand. Now, interesting, when does attack happen in Israel on, on Saturday morning, Friday night? Uh, it was the last day of the Feast of Tabernacles. And that is actually what we are talking about today, funny enough. But it was the last day of the Feast of Tabernacles. Um, so it was during this time of year that Jesus walked in Jerusalem no more. He went into, into the area of Judea. And then um, the, the Feast of Tabernacles was at hand. There are eight celebrations in the calendar year of Israel. There is the Sabbath celebration, which is uh, weekly, every uh, Saturday rest, right? And it's amazing to be in Israel and to see uh, Friday night how, how the, 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 um, the streets began to move and everyone just gets off work and disappears. And next thing you know, everyone goes towards the Wailing Wall and, and goes to celebrate in the beginning of the Sabbath. But that is a weekly um, celebration. Then it's Passover. That happens, it's, it's gauged, it's the, the month of Nisan on the 14th day. And this is gauged by a lunar calendar and usually falls between March and April. That is why our Easter, for example, tends to be, it's always on different days of the month because it is based on the Jewish lunar calendar and not our Gregorian calendar. So therefore, it always falls around March or April. It was for the Jews the Feast of Salvation. And there is the Feast of Unleavened Bread, which is seven days without leaven. And it signified putting away evil and walking set apart to the Lord. There is the, first of the, the Feast of first fruits, which was acknowledging once the nation of Israel went into the promised land, uh, acknowledging the fertility of the land. And for us as Christians, is the resurrection of Jesus and the resurrection of the saints. And then there is the Feast of Pentecost, which is usually around May or June, and which celebrates the resurrection of the church, the pouring out of the Spirit, the giving of the law for the Jew, and the giving of the Spirit. Uh, for the same Jew later on through Jesus. There is John Kippur, which is the Feast of Atonement, which is a, a time of confession. And then there is this Feast of Tabernacles, which usually takes place in October, which is exactly where we are at. And it's a, a, a Feast of Gratitude, a Feast of Joy, a Feast of Remembering, 
uh, for, for the Jews, uh, how they were maintained and, and provided for in the wilderness for those 40 years. So here we are. It says that now the, the Jewish feast of tabernacles was at hand. Now, when we read these verses, John is taking us into the last six months of Jesus on earth. Okay, John is taking us into the last six months of Jesus on earth. He's no longer open, uh, walking openly because the religious system hates him and they want to get rid of him. He, 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 um, he walks in Galilee because, and many people believe that he walks in Galilee because he's, um, he actually um, healed that girl who was um, the daughter of an authority or, or the son. I can't remember right now, but one of those. And, and because of that, it seems that governmentally he actually had some safety there. And here we are at the Feast of Tabernacles, a very joyful celebration remembering God's preservation of the Jewish people. Remember how God sustained a nation of a million people in the desert. A cloud, a cloud by, not, by day. Now, this is crazy. You might, you might ask yourself, a cloud by day, so what? They followed the cloud. And I always saw the cloud as being, as following that cloud. So I always followed, thought of this little cloud that would just kind of pick up and move, and everyone's, oh, the little cloud is going. Then I thought, my goodness, no, 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 this must have been a big cloud, because what do you need during the day in the desert? You need shade. So here God puts them into the desert and provides shade for them. And then he provides for them a night, a pillar of fire. What happens in the desert at night? It gets cold. So he puts a pillar of fire to warm them up. Then he provides every morning manna. Even in their cravings, he provided quail. And the key today, the most amazing one, he provided water. And so to celebrate the Feast of Tabernacles, what the Jewish people would do, and they do even today, is around this time of year, I, I love this feast. I love it because I, I kind of wish I was a Jew so I could celebrate this with my kids, you know. And I hate camping. But, you know, the Jewish families, they would move out and they would make a, a hut out of palm trees and different and fruit. And, and they would make a hut and they would move out into this hut for a week in the stars by night, in the sun by day to remember, to think about how God had preserved their nation for 40 years in the wilderness. It's like a VBS. It's like a family VBAs. When, when, when your kids, and, and then the Old Testament says, when your kids ask you, why are we doing this, that you may be able to tell them the reason that the Lord preserved us in the wilderness all those years. Let's come up with creative ideas to celebrate. But they would move out and, uh, and they would build with branches these huts. They would eat together. They would rejoice and show hospitality to one another. And at the last day of the feast, at the last day of the feast, 
in the Mishnah, which is the religious book for the Jews, it says, he who has not seen the rejoicing at the place of the water drawing has never seen rejoicing in his life. So at the last day of the feast, the tradition was that the priest would actually take a golden vase, two of them, and they would go to the pool of Siloam, which actually ended with the, with the tunnel that Hezekiah had built to bring water into the city. And they would take these golden vase, uh, vases and they would draw the water. They would walk up Solomon's steps into the temple and they would go through the water gate and then they would pour out this water into the altar right there where the sacrifices were made and the people just rejoiced and rejoiced and rejoiced and there was such rejoicing that the Mishnah says you've never seen joy unless you've experienced this makes you want to be there huh? at least me and in Isaiah 12, 13, they would have this as their main verse. With joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. With joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. The water poured out, the people rejoicing. Remember in the feast, at the last day of the last feast, of all the feast. And so Jesus, notice, notice John 7, 37. We're going to skip to that. We're going to do kind of like the beginning and the end of the chapter. But notice what it says in verse 37. On the last day of the, that great day. Notice it says on the last day of that great day. It was the most rejoicing day of all the Jewish days. Jesus stood and cried out saying, Remember, they're pouring water. If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the spirit whom those believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit had not yet been given because Jesus was not yet glorified. If anyone thirsts, on this great day, he stands in the middle of the temple and he cries out. He doesn't just say, hey guys, if anyone thirsts, come to me. He just cries out, if anyone thirsts, as the water is being poured out, let him come to me. Not a physical thirst. The Jews, I mean, uh, the Lord quenched the physical thirst in the desert. Not an emotion, emotional thirst, but obviously Jesus speaking about a deep spiritual thirst within the soul of man. People cover, people put up a front, people got it made. But deep inside of every man is a deep thirst that no one but Jesus can satisfy, fulfill. My father-in-law, I was looking, I almost showed you the video, but my father-in-law had this uh, 
ha- had this farm uh, house with a with a farm next to it, and I just remember the irrigation system. You know that the the water comes from the mountains and it comes through these canals, and then you have to go to the municipality and you actually have to ask for schedule of when you're going to get your water. So it flows and there's these channels and everybody puts barriers. So then it goes to your house and then it goes to the other one. And then, uh, and, and then so I, I see, I, I was looking at the video and, and so we, we had the hour of water and he had this whole field planted and he had these trees. And next thing you know, we went to the street and we opened up the fountain and then the water took a turn and we already made, made the channels. We made all the channels. And then little by little, that water's just creeping in and creeping in and creeping in until it just flooded the whole farm with water. Flooding the plants, flooding the roots, floating the earth with water, bringing life. Giving life and strength to the fruit. If you go to my house, I have two lemon trees and I forget to water them. And sometimes the lemons are like this, looking at me, kind of like, wrath. Do something, you know. They almost look like dried up prunes. But the person and the work of the Holy Spirit through Jesus Christ, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me. I was shocked. This morning I was in the sound booth and all of a sudden Bart comes behind the piano and he plays, as a deer panteth. And I was like, what? I've got that in my notes. David wrote, as a deer pants for the water, so my soul longs for you. Jesus brings fulfillment. Psalm 23 says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. One translation says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall, I, I lack nothing. But Eugene Peterson, in his paraphrase, says, The Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. I have everything I need. Jesus, through his spirit, brings life. He brings refreshment. He brings joy. He brings strength. He brings healing. He makes us generous. Not a container, but notice what it says, torrents of living water will flow from within him to other people. And notice in Isaiah 43, verse 19, it says, Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Notice this. I will make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Is that the speaker? Oh, turn it off, unplug it. It's me. I will make a noise in the wilderness. (laughs) What was that? Are you guys okay? Maritza, what did you do? <laughs> but 
But it says, I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. And I was looking at these verses and I just kind of thought, I wonder how many lives this morning we will have. They feel like their life is a desert. They feel like their life is a wilderness. And hear the word of God saying, I will even make a road in the wilderness. And in verse 21 of Isaiah says, this people I have formed for myself, they will declare my praise. I think the world is going around looking for happiness, looking for joy. And I believe in many ways that the world is busy looking in all the wrong places. <laughs> On the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit was given, it says that the people were speaking the wonderful works of God. Listen. And then they accused them of being drunk. Have you ever wondered why they accused them of being drunk? Were they acting silly? Were they acting foolish? I believe with all my heart is that they had joy. They had such joy that you're just like, my goodness, what is this guy drunk today? Just a joy inside. Just a life inside. Tonight, I'm going to do a funeral at, at, uh, at 5.30 p.m. in uh, Marachi. And it is of a man that was, um, he was a car racer, miraculously delivered several times. He was married a bunch of times, has quite a few kids, at least 10. And, um, and at 70-something, he came to church. And through a young man that we had here, he would, he began, he, he lived with them and he introduced them to the Lord. And about a month ago, I went to see him in Son Espaces and, and he was like, Rafi, he always calls me Rafi. Como estas Rafi, it's so good to see you. And then as we got talking, he was just talking about how how amazing it was to meet the Lord Jesus. And he was a man that didn't have, he had barely anything. And yet as he remembered Jesus, he was, he was just said, I can't believe that this happened to me, this amazing privilege of knowing him. He's been so kind to me. He's been so forgiving to me. He's been so wonderful to me. And there's so much hope in my life. Now, I don't want to be simplistic. I'm not talking about a joy. I'm not talking about um, <clears throat> a joy that is superficial. I'm not talking about like when my friend was caught in the rain and she was locked out of the house. And then this older lady went and she, and, 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 
Linda, my friend, was all frustrated because she was soaking wet and she was grumpy. And she looked at this old lady and the old lady said, and everything give thanks. <laughs> Linda looked at her and she says, I am grateful. You know, I'm not talking about a superficial joy. I'm talking about even when we have a bad day and we might be in a bad mood, there is a joy. Even when you are filled with cancer, as this man was filled with cancer, on, and he might be struggling with the emotions, on the bottom of the core, the deeps of his heart, there is joy because Jesus puts joy in the depths. He gives water to the depths. He gives life to the depths. He gives, he gives, um, 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 flow. I don't know. Just, just, he gives to the depths of our souls. A few years ago, I did a conference in Iran, in Turkey, in Istanbul with a bunch of Iranians. It was one of the happiest conferences I've ever seen. And also their music was sort of conducive to that. And then we had the same conference a few years later, but they were no longer Iranians being strengthened to go back. They were Iranians escaping persecution, leaving everything behind. And they were sad. And they were struggling and they were confused and they were shell-shocked. But funny enough, as they sang, there wasn't that happy joy, but there was a joy inside. Jesus fulfills. Jesus refreshes. Jesus hydrates. And Jeremiah says that the nation of Israel committed two evils. And I think you're going to be shocked about what the evils were. Jeremiah 2.13 says, My people have committed two evils. They have forsaken the fountain of living waters. And they have hewn for themselves cisterns, broken cisterns, that can hold no water. Now notice, it says a cistern, not a well. It's a big difference. You dig a well, you tap into water, there's always water there, but not a cistern. You see, when I lived in Capdepeira, we had a cistern. And you know, you would see that uh, we have these roofs with tiles in Mallorca. And these roofs, when the, when the first rain came, the first strong rain came in, in November, you would let it rain and just clean the roof. But after that, there was a little hinge on the, on the pipes where you could turn it. And the second rain went into the cistern. And then also we had trucks, and you've seen these trucks now to fill pools. Back then it wasn't to fill pools. We didn't have pools. We, we bathed in a, in a, I used to bathe in a tub, in a, a plastic tub. And actually you would see these 
trucks that say agua potable. Have you seen those trucks? Not to fill pools. That was to fill water so we could take showers. And it was a cistern. Now imagine having a cistern that is cracked. And you put water in there. You wake up in the morning, the water's gone. And you put more water in there, and the water's gone. And you put the next day more water, and the water's gone. This is what, G what, what, what Jeremiah is saying, or what God is saying, rather. He says, my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me. Notice, the fountain of living water. And Jesus says, come to me. If anyone thirsts, come to me. The fountain of living water. They've forsaken me, the fountain of living water, and they're just chasing after things. They can't even hold water. And Jesus says, He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now notice that Jesus didn't say will be filled with living water. Out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Out of his heart will flow, not contained. Flow, not contained. Why am I saying that? He who believes in me, we draw from Jesus. We draw from his person, from his intimacy, from his spirit. He refreshes our souls even when we have bad days. The depths are there. But not just to contain, but to, to satisfy us, to fulfill us and even others. To flow. The Sea of Galilee, and you guys have all heard this illustration, but it's a real one. I'm not even trying to use it. It's, it's a real one. The Sea of Galilee is full of life. You can go there. You can go fishing. Water comes from, from the north, from, from the area of Damascus, from, from over there. Beautiful water flows down into the Sea of Galilee, and you can go fishing in the Sea of Galilee. Then the Jordan carries water to what we know as the Dead Sea. You know why it's called the Dead Sea? Because it's dead. 30% sodium. Once we did a trip to Israel, I got chicken pox. I was in a room for three days locked up in Jerusalem, and then when the scabs were at their best, it was time to go to the Dead Sea. And I went in that water, man, and it was just like, oh, cured instantly. Not magically, just the sodium. You know, just the salt of it all just completely fixed me. But nothing lives in there, nothing. But you know what's interesting? Why? It doesn't flow into it anywhere. It's, I don't know, 400 meters beneath sea level. And, and, and when you get, the water gets there, it goes nowhere else. It's just a container and, and, and just really evaporates. The, the Dead Sea is just evaporating. It's just going down and down and down and down. And here, Jesus says, he who believes in me, as the scripture has said, not only will he be filled with living water, but living water will flow from within him. And that's life at his best. 
The question is how? How do we get filled? How do, and you know, Jesus said it, believe, he who believes. What is to believe? Believe is to trust, to know somebody, to actually trust that person and to actually know. And there in Jerusalem, when he got up there the last day of the feast, he's saying, I am the rock that was in the wilderness. I am the fountain of living water of Jeremiah. I am the sea in Ezekiel. And people could have been stubborn and people could have been prejudiced or people could have said, oh my goodness, Jesus, you are the one. And number one is trust. Trust Jesus. How else? Let me, I'm going to take it a step further. Trust the exclusivity of Jesus. In other words, trust that everything else and everyone else is a cistern. Not the fountain. What do I mean by this? No one can give me this but Jesus. I love my wife. I love my kids. They bring me great pleasure. Today, Darth Vader walked through these doors. You know, Arden's coming to worship. <laughs> Prayer meeting, and he's just... Darth Vader, you know, and, and they, bring, they bring joy to me. But the depths, the depths, only Jesus does. And how else? How do we get into the, the exclusivity? But how else? We, we press into him. We realize that we trust him. We realize only he can. And so we press into him. Another way is we spend time with his people, preaching to the choir, but us coming together. Another way is yielding to those things that he calls us to, those promptings, through yielding to his word. Another way is by allowing yourself to be loved. You see, I think we are, as a race, filled with prejudice, filled with opinions. As we talked about last week, we are a bunch of, sometimes we can be a bunch of teenagers that think we know everything. And in our hearts, we just think to ourselves, no, no, Jesus cannot be enough. And the whole time, he's telling you that if you would take his word seriously, it would, if you would take his son seriously, if you would take his spirit seriously, and you would allow yourself to be loved by him, your life would never be the same. How else? Another way is the Feast of Tabernacles, is to create our own little Feast of Tabernacles where we remember how God has been throughout history. 
and then to remember how God has been throughout our own history, our own personal history. And here, at the last six months of his life, he's heading towards Jerusalem. He's going to go away, then he will go back, and he's going to die. And in the last, he's going to accomplish the salvation. And in the last day, he says, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me. And I want to ask you, have you come to Jesus? Have you prayed to him? In, um, I just want to turn really quick to Ecclesiastes. But notice this. This is Solomon. The richest man and wisest man that ever lived. Come now, I will test you with myrrh, therefore enjoy pleasure. But surely this also was vanity. I said of laughter, madness, and of myrrh, what does it accomplish? I searched in my heart how, it, how to gratify my flesh with wine while guiding my heart with wisdom and how to lay hold of folly till I might see what is good for the sons of men to do under heaven all the days of their lives." I made my works great. I built myself houses. I planted myself vineyards. I made myself gardens and orchards, and I planted all kinds of fruit trees in them. I made myself water pools from which to water the growing trees of the grove. I acquired male and female servants. It had servants born in my house. Yes, I had great possessions of herds and flocks and all that who were in Jerusalem before me. I also gathered for myself silver and gold and special treasures of kings and of provinces. I acquired male and female singers, the delights of the sons of men, and musical instruments of all kinds. Whatever my eyes desired, listen to this, whatever my eyes desired, I did not keep from them. Whatever I saw, I wanted and I gathered it. And on the labor of, in which I had toiled, and indeed, all was vanity and grasping for the wind. There was no profit under this. And please, this is not saying that you cannot enjoy a glass of wine, that you cannot enjoy whatever it is that you do, and you cannot enjoy buying property. It's not saying that. It's saying, if that is where you're looking for joy, good luck. Good luck the depths of your soul, the hunger, the thirst, that wilderness of the depths meets Jesus. Never forget that. Only Jesus will do that. No husband, no wife, no boyfriend, no girlfriend, no, no funds, no more money in the bank, no less money in the bank, uh, and no, no, no another travel, not another sunset, not another um, missed meal, not a bunch of fasting, not a bunch of religious services. Jesus. And that's why he stood and cried out that day as the hope of the world, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me. So today we look at Israel. If you thirst, 
come close to Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we are so grateful, Lord, that you've made things so clear. And, 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 and Lord, I mean, it's one thing to know it in our heads, but we want to be a people, Lord, that are able to enjoy with gratitude to you everything you give us. But that we realize that it all comes from you. And that ultimately, Lord, we don't want to build ourselves cisterns that hold no water. We want to be under the fountain of the living God. Father, I want to be like Deal Moody, where he, he had to tell you to stop, stop, because the, the sense of your love was just so powerful. We want to realize, Lord, that only you can fulfill the depths of desires in our hearts. Only you brings life. Only you can hydrate our dry lives. And Father, I pray that not a single soul would leave here today without coming to you. Do business with us, Lord. Never let us rest until our rest is in you, Lord. Ground us, ground us in your goodness, in your kindness, in your mercy, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.